All right, here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third week of the Dice Divide Live. Uh, I'm your host, Adam, and with me, as always, is the peanut butter to my <laughs> jelly, John. How's it going, John? This week, we are joined by uh, a very good friend of mine, Peter Franco. Welcome, Peter. Welcome. Hi. Here we are. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Peter? Good. Yeah, you, good. Uh, happy to be happy to be here with you guys. Talk about our favorite things in life, or at least yeah. some of them. There you go. Right, there, mm-hmm. There's stuff on the internet. You're uh, you're staying sane through all this. You know, trying. I, I'm actually playing a lot more Infinity now than I was before on tabletop. That's Challenge. hilarious. Kind of crazy. Well. Oh, that's right. You, yeah, you've been uh, you've been enjoying the tabletop simulator as well as, I think you got a game into with John on his uh, on his very yeah big rig. I, I got a remote game, remote infinity game in. That was fun. Yeah, it was really interesting. Time. We can talk more on about Code that. One. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to the uh, when we get to the gaming section. Um, for news, I think it's safe to say that there's been very little. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Most companies aren't releasing anything right now. I know that uh, Games Workshop just reopened their U.S. web store, so maybe some independent stock lists will start receiving items. Um, but outside of that, it seems business as unusual for everyone else. Um, so with that, we'll just jump straight into the hobby section. Uh, John, do you want to take it away for us? Um, sure. So I guess uh, what I've been working on is I've set up a few. Well, first of all, I set up a... Uh, a new hobby picture taking gizmo thing. Um, basically I emptied out a cabinet mm-hmm. and I got to put in a, a turntable thing. And uh, I forget who makes the, the mat that um, we got at Adepticon, but I, I set that up and I have a extra ot light just shining at it. So you can sort of see my little cartoon gif thing going on there. Um, very nice. I think that mat is made by probably. Table War. That's that's probably the case. I'm not sure. <laughs> I definitely did my research beforehand. Uh, aside <laughs> from that, I've been doing a lot of Infinity Assembly. So <clears throat> I put together um, Gunnar for uh, my game against Peter. And I got to say, I really like um, having chopped his his silly tactical rock off. Uh, then I started putting it in my Aleph um, because they're a thing that I'm doing now. Um, yeah, so I, I I put together my first box of Arjuna. Very nice. Because um, that's the correct thing to do. Uh, and then I, I finished off a couple of the random Pano models that I have lying oh. around that need to get put together. Um, so uh, Knight of Santiago and Hexa got done. And it, then, of course, um, Pavel and Uxia. Yeah, yeah I really like the Uxia sculpt. And I'm, i got to say I'm very pleased with what I did with her knee on the, uh, on, <clears throat> on the wood there. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been, that's what mm-hmm. I've been working on. Uh, I also um, definitely decided to switch games because why not? So I put together some of my Halo Fleet Battles. I bought it when it when it came out, um, like almost a decade ago now, Whoa. I guess. Uh, and yeah, so I finally put it together. Uh, it was weird working with plastic again, um, but I had a good time. It was definitely uh, a little odd, um, but I don't know. I, I vaguely remember how to do the thing it's, again. It's like the the yeah. It's crazy how it's it's crazy how similar 
the covenant is to the combined yeah, as far as for sure yeah the background um, i feel like the combined have a little more knowledge about what's going on they're not just like everything is great space donuts are amazing we should all worship the space donut and they all get exploded um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, it's it's weird because you can be a lot more forceful with models that are pewter, right? Like, I'm not going to be worried about nipping off, like, a huge important part of the model. But if you slip with that exacto and it's plastic, you could, like, right. lop off something pretty important and pretty large, too. So it was uh, definitely very slow going. Because there's all those curved surfaces on the Covenant things. It's funny how, like, I definitely had a preference for dealing with plastic miniatures. And then, you know, after playing with GW games for, for decades and then switching over to Infinity and doing all of my conversions where I'm, like, hacking and drilling at a pewter, um, now when I go back to plastics, I feel like it's this frail little brittle toy yeah, that I'm just going to smash. Yeah, I know. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, to answer Obi's question uh, in chat, uh, what I'm using for the turntable is, like, some random turntable thing that I found on Amazon. Uh, it's for just, just, you know, showing... Uh, jewelry on the qvc channel or whatever it's called so that's that's what that is all about um yeah i gotta get me one of those it's perfect yeah so what have you guys been up to so we share my screen okay i can walk through some of the conversions i've been working on and i've also been touching up my uh my panel a little bit finishing off some conversions um i'm not a huge fan of the uh the pano pal bots so i've uh I've taken the task of assembly, of you know, kind of converting my own alternative for the bot, which I freaking love. Um, so here's one view of my uh, my medic pal bot, and you can see I've converted the you know, changed the claw into a scalpel on one side, and then on the other side, turned the claw into a little medikit gun. Um, and then, not to be outdone, I had to make one for my engineer bot, so I turned his claw into a little soldering iron. Um, which involved uh, bending a small piece of wire and filing it down to be the correct shape for a soldering iron bit. Um, yeah, adding some wires, a little bit of green stuff. And before you know it, you've got a crab bot. Yeah, that looks really good. Your engineer. Yeah, it looks great. <clears throat> I, I, I'm really, really happy with it. it I want to see it like, you know, welding something, little sparks, and then it like, yeah, exactly. and then it burns itself, and it's like, eee! um also since i'm doing military orders um i needed a doctor i wasn't a fan of the old trauma doc uh clearly not a fan of or and still not really a fan of the uh, the new trauma doc so i used the rpg mini Mm. and converted her pistol into a medikit um so this gives me my I forgot what they call. They, you know, they're they're piano. They have a fancy title for their doctor and their engineer. Trauma like doc a, and machine. Might probably just a father doctor. No, yeah, yeah, but they. I think if you take a machinist for military orders, it becomes a father engineer. Pro- probably. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an army. It's goofy. So made my my doctor, and of course, just in time for piano. <laughs> Obi says traumatized a doc. Better doctor. Seriously. Um. So I mean. Fun finishing up. Also, put the finishing touches on my uh, Montessa tickbelling. So, filled in the the normal tickbelling uh, iconography on the shoulder pad, which I'll replace with a decal, um, and then added the uh, the tabard chain sword to be a you know a big Templar sword, and then that also a me- redid a the mega sword. 
Yeah. Right. But also, I uh, had to redo the 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 front visor. But overall, I'm really happy with it. It's gonna look. Yeah, you know, it's gonna look much more like a knife. Looks really yeah. good, man. Thanks, man. Great job. I'm uh, excited to shoot it with think? EMMO. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to resetting out of that. Yeah, know, right. That's that's a, that's a big <clears throat> new change. Yeah, seriously. Um, if that sticks, I'm hoping. Uh, so after I finished off all these and started priming all of my military orders, um, the paint scheme I have for them goes really quick. So once I get them primed and base coated, I might actually have a painted army one day. Um, so, but I figured primers, you know, the, the, the thing that's procrastinating me from airbrushing yeah. and airbrushing is the thing that can procrastinate from, from painting. So I figure if I just push them along one step further, eventually I'll have them painted for sure. Uh, so then as we've been playing a bit of the old blood bowl on fumble, I have decided that, uh, I need to get my humans out and continue painting them. So here we can see in progress of getting all the green down over the, uh, the yellow base coat. Painting these minis, like painting GW, cla like classic style GW minis, is just so different than what yeah. I've become accustomed to painting Infinity models. Like, you can slap on fairly thick layers of paint. You know, but you should do the, uh, the, the two thin coats, of course. Um, and, you know, Base coat, wash, highlight, and they're good to go. Um, yeah. But I'm really happy with where this is going. I've got most of the star players. I have uh, Helmet Wolf coming. Helmet but Wolf. I also use the Windsor Tog Morgan Thor. Yeah, Helmet Wolf is awesome, dude. He's a crazy guy with the chainsaw. What else, what do, you, else do, do you need? Do you feel after painting Infinity Miniatures that it's easier to paint these the JW ones? or I, I think so. I'm less focused on realism, whereas Infinity, I'm paying attention to like directional lighting. Um, and with with uh, with GW miniatures, I kind of feel that stylistically, you know, they 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 lend themselves more towards a kind of a cartoonish, uh, yeah. cartoonish uh, interpretation of the miniatures. Yeah. Right. Right. If you went and painted, you know, if you went and painted some, uh, we we're just talking about this, some Knights Hospitaller like Second Edition Ultramarines, like bright blue with yellow trim and red guns and everything's base coated and washed. It really yeah. wouldn't, it really wouldn't do justice to the, uh, right. to the infinity miniatures, but it works great on, um, on the GW plastics. And it makes sense because they're designed to be painted, right? Where I kind of feel like the infinity stuff is designed, um, designed to look awesome. Right. So it's kind of a, a balancing game there. Yeah. Well, they're certain they're looking good, yeah. man. Thanks. Really, I really enjoy playing the humans. You know, like it, it, they seem kind of boring uh, when yeah. you get them on paper, but um, to me, the way that you have to kind of adapt your play style when you play humans um, is pretty fascinating. We can actually, uh, on that note, let's jump from hobby over to gaming and talk a little yeah. bit about what we've been doing lately. Um, since I'm already on. The topic of Blood Bowl, um, I'll go ahead and talk about a couple games I played. So, haven't had a chance to play lately, um, but uh, recently we've all started a league on Fumble, um, which is F U M B B L. 
if you're not familiar with it, it's a Java-based, um, almost like NES-level graphics uh, interpretation of Blood Bowl. And it's really cool. Um, it's like going back to 1998 and playing some fun games, you know? It's, it's still a thing. You're excited to get home from it's school. It's a thing. Like, the whole <laughs> pixel art uh, format has, has been revolutionized lately. I mean, you can do a lot more with pixel art now that we have faster processes and stuff. So it's definitely a new, yeah. uh, well, not new, but it's a return to the the old aesthetic, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's so fun to just kind of, it's, it's uh, it doesn't hurt to, to play, you know, for an hour on yeah. a super yeah. intense detail, you know, when you're in those super 3D games and, well, you know, you can like just have an ga- easy game of these kind of super pixelated characters and yeah exactly i think the fumble aesthetic actually lends to faster gameplay you're not watching you're not waiting for the animation to complete of the guy throwing the pass you're watching a cheesy little graphic of a football go you know from from the uh the throw to the catcher um and i think it speeds up the game a lot um so i've had two games since we started this league i played one game against uh nate kapke who absolutely steamrolled me with his Nurgle team. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, unskilled unskilled humans is a, always a difficult place to start. <laughs> and, yeah. and, like, they could have been halfling the ground. Um, <laughs> it was awful. He was he was pushing my guys off the pitch left and right. Um, right. But, yeah, exactly, Obi. The sound effects are a big part of what's great about it. Um, they're, <laughs> they're so cheesy. Um, so then I played my second game with my Dark Elves against our buddy Dan, who I was teaching how to play the game, uh, and he was playing Wood Elves. And, man, even as a brand-new player, Wood Elves are total jerks to play against. Like, he has no idea what he's doing, but once he figured out that he can leap his War Dancer over one of my linemen on a 3-up and then dodge out of the tackle zone on a 2-up and just walk the ball to the end zone, yeah. it, was, it was rough. So even in that game, uh, which actually I have the score up, Right here, um, oops, I only have his detail. Or uh, yeah, his details. Um, but he managed to score two touchdowns on me, never having played a game before ever. You know, he's <laughs> no clue what he's doing. Um, I scored three on him, but that was so it means I barely won. Right. right. It was, it was a rough, a rough that's, game. That's uh, a lot of touchdowns for a Blood Bowl game. You know. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we were both playing elf ball. We were sucking on defense. Like he would get through, you know, I would get one of you know, sneak a lineman through his line, and then I've got a touchdown. Yeah. And then I felt, you know, there was damn near nothing I could do against that stupid, uh, against that war dancer. And every time I, you know, every time I throw a block on it, they start with blodge, right? They start with block and dodge. Right. So I've got to, I've got to pow them to take yeah. them <laughs> right past me every single time. Damn. Sounds rough. It was, it, I mean, that's. That's Blood Bowl, though, right? Like, you've got Blood Bowl, and then you've got Elf Ball, right? Like, yep. Like, games against elves, and then games against everyone else. Yeah, and I, I've just been trying... I've just been going with the goblins almost every single time I've played, and I've played Obi a bunch. Um, I think uh, Obi's cutting his teeth on uh, just stomping on goblins, and I think he's having a good time doing that. <laughs> uh but just just today, actually, right before we started this, um, he was t- 
taking the ball down the field with his, one of his skinks. And uh, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to throw my Doom Diver, my newly purchased Doom Diver at his skink and see what happens. And uh, the troll didn't, didn't think that was a good idea. He thought eating the Doom Diver was a better <laughs> idea. And That's... so he chomped oh. him up. And the sound effect is priceless. It's like, uh, it's almost like uh, uh, Homer Simpson when he's eating his food. It's hilarious. Right. Uh, it's just like a mic really close to somebody chewing on a cucumber. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you no, know, it's, it's actually, it actually goes nom, nom, nom. And it, Oh, and even like, better. You hear, like you hear like bones cracking or something. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Welcome, Nathan. Welcome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So John, uh, Peter, I don't know if John has um, decided that goblins are his his second team, his his proper stunty team for Blood Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he has yet to experience though that on a one John when you go to throw your goblin, he's he is eaten. He is dead off the roster. You lose him. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Forever, it's true. I've 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 thrown a bunch of goblins, but nothing bad has happened. So right now, I think it's a very good and very reliable (laughs) strategy, which I'm sure will continue to be the case. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Throwing goblins is is just like probably the funnest. I think Adam like threw a half leg at my goblins to try to stop me. That was really great. Yeah. He was like, "Well, the only way that I'm going to catch up to your goblin is to throw a yeah. halfling after it." <laughs> no, did, did not. Um. You, he he ended up like missling the halfling into like one of my goblins and utterly wrecking it, but it like bounced off and landed somewhere else, and then my goblin with the ball just kept trucking. Uh, fine. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. I think it was a val- It was a valid. Oh, I agree. Play. Yeah, you know, yeah. if I could just. Just tag him with the halfling. <laughs> Throw, throwing shit at goblins is definitely the way to go. 100%. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is, I mean, it is definitely you know, a game for gentlemen. Game. It is a beautiful, fantastic thing. A game for gentlemen. Thing. Yeah, that's the way to describe it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to to play in real life on the board. Oh my god! You know, yeah. It, you know, drinking, drinking and eating pretzels while playing Blood Bowl at home doesn't have the same feel to yeah. it. You definitely, you definitely yeah. want to yeah. smell the disappointment coming off your opponent in ways when they roll that second one. <laughs> right. Oh, you know what we forgot to do? Oh man, uh, we forgot to talk about what we're drinking. What's that? So I'll start oh, off yeah. since I brought it up. I'm still drinking this synthetic whiskey. Uh, it's not good, but it has alcohol in it, and that's what I want right now. <laughs> yeah, it's spirit whiskey, whiskey so with natural bizarre. flavors. So for those of you who don't know, my wife is a food scientist, and so she wow. got it on a whim because she thought it would be a fun experiment. She took one drink and was like, this is terrible. And I was like, well, I guess I'm drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened. And 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 do you it's, like it's the way not it good. Uh, it's okay on the rocks, um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely not drinking mm. it for the taste. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. What about you guys? What are you is it or is it? Uh, it, it, is, it is it is it is caramel, caramel colored. colored. I suspect that is not because it was finished in a barrel, though. 
<laughs> trying to determine. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Well, I'm drinking tried and true. Modelo. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Mr. Modelo. Yeah. And and I am continuing my uh, <laughs> going through the, the purchases I made at New Seasons of all the different German and Belgian beers I could find. And today I am drinking a Weinstefaner. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that's how you Weiss say it. Beer. Wheat beer. Yeah, somewhere out there. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty delicious. Nice. Um, it was this is the Trapel. They both have over eight percent, so I'll be okay nice. either yeah, way. Yeah, that's that's the key. Nice point, for sure. It's really yes, exactly really what matters. Because after the second one, it doesn't matter what it tastes like. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, cheers, it, gentlemen. Cheers. 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 Oh man, that's good. That's really good. I need. Wish I had a. I wish I had a go on. So, John, why don't you tell us a little bit sure. about your game? So I actually played uh, Peter here and a game of Code One to fifteen points. Uh, it was actually uh, a huge amount of fun. So you can see, there's the uh, there's the the view that Peter sees when he plays. Um, and this is actually what happens on my end of the table. Uh, and we talked about all this last time, so we can sort of skip that. But um, but basically, mm-hmm. um, we ended up playing uh, Domination, which was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I brought a very heavy um, bot list. So you can see I've got two Fugazi, two TR bots, two FO bots. Mm-hmm. And then if I have that many bots, I have to have a machinist. Uh, and then my salt to taste was right. an Aquila Lieutenant with AP Marksman and, uh, and Gunner, which um, was fine, I guess. One, so I guess a few things about um, about Code One at 15 points. It definitely feels like Recon, uh, but without all the weird degeneracies that happened in Recon. So I can't like power a Guijo with Quangxi. like that. That's not a thing, um, which is which is a lot better. I mean, you'll still be able to do that in Code One, but uh, it doesn't feel quite as bad because there's not all this like extra rules tacked on. Like I get free impetuous moves with my Quangxi and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I really like that. Uh, just for completeness, here's here's Peter's list. Uh, Psychops are absolute dirtbags, is what we've learned. Um, yeah, they have they have What's all the deal? things. They're they're good at everything. They're BS thirteen with mimetism uh, and and guns. I mean, what more do you want? Okay. Right. Yeah. And the, the one of my psychops basically did all the work and got into his deployment yeah. zone and and really caused problems for him um unfortunately she didn't land the shots that i wanted right. her to land she survived quite a long time longer than she should have she made like three or four yeah. saves that kind of really saved her she um took yep. out the lieutenant took out maybe two or three other units and she got up the board and really kind of gave Absolutely. you some trouble yeah, I mean, it's so like fun. one of the things about Code One is that uh, because there's no lieutenant loss of lieutenant, <clears throat> you're encouraged to be super aggressive and do a really crazy alpha strike with your lieutenant. So I thought the Aquila would be a good plan for that. Um, so I showed up, took out the TR, Peter's TR bot, and then like took out a bunch of stuff. I split burst three ways, uh, and I killed two out of three things. Yeah, and Psychop just kept on trucking, and then 
took me uh, took me down with uh, some some one-liners. Um, but yeah, then 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 uh, I think at one point um, Peter challenged challenged my uh, yeah right here. Peter challenged my TR bot with the psychop. Took two hits, one of which was a crit, and just kept on trucking. I was like, what what is happening? And and this is after I had sunk like half a turn and just just shooting it with like a BS thirteen model. And I was like, what is what is going on? Why isn't this thing dying? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I first of all, I love the terrain. The terrain is great. Uh, it it makes you um, think very yeah. carefully about a lot of things, especially because the terrain doesn't really interact well with S three bases. Um, then you squeeze through narrow channels. Mm. Things works fine. So like, uh, let me find a good picture. Um, let's see. Yeah, this one will work. Right. I remember. Yeah. I remember when my. Uh... My S3, one of my remotes was trying to get on top of the building. He couldn't end his turn on the stairs. He had to really had right. to get to the bottom of the stairs and then use another part of his move to get all the way up the stairs to the top because he yeah. can't fit. So like looking at this building here, right? So. This is the building in question. Uh, Peter wanted to get one of his Kiata bots up to the yeah. top to secure the zone, right? Because we have to dominate zones. So, But uh, there was no way for him to do mm-hmm. that uh and do it prone because if he was i had two tr bots watching this roof so if it just like walked up he would have gotten shot to hell um so not being able to do that was kind of rough and then on my side there was a a objective on the roof and i placed it dead center which means i can't actually have an s3 base on the roof which was really obnoxious because then i can't actually push Um... the button i mean clearly you can just set up the table differently so you can fit an s3 base but it was just really interesting uh, that that was sure. the case because I, I think um, with with bots costing what they cost and the fact that they're six four move right um, you know the, uh-huh. I, I think their their stock went way up way up in code one at least it did for me um, and as a result you know the terrain sort of mitigates that a little bit which I found was interesting so yeah I mean yeah how many I points is one... a float observer bot yeah oh geez okay yeah and yeah then, take them. I, I think this plain and plain and simple fact is, I think the bots for every faction has gone up, especially the TR bots because of the fact they go prone yeah. when they get put yeah. into the unconscious state. Oh, so yeah. uh, that is like major huge thing. They survive way longer than usual, you know. So um, that to and me, not is, only, what's that? yeah, not only do they go prone, but that means that when you have a when you have a little helper bot crawl over it to it exactly to bring it yeah. up when it cancels their unconscious yep. state they're sitting back up yeah, again tr bots are incredibly right. incredibly right. hard to deal with now because like right here right so i shot the pr bot here it went prone this is his engineer right there he just walked he just prone crawled right over and took care of it and the fact that there's no impact impact templates in code one right means that you can literally just start yeah. right next to it yeah. and it's fine and if if somebody gets a yeah yeah a chain wrap all the way over there it's over anyway yeah, and we're—I feel like we're still like deploying, thinking to yourself, "Oh, I—I I, I need to deploy further away from the bot because I don't want to get mm-hmm. hit by a template." But you're right. There's no other. There's no like, you know, template now other than the chain rifle or the shotgun. But it's funny how how you got to like break those habits of yeah. how you deploy it nowadays. Would, it'll be interesting. In code one because I mean I I think we'll see a return of impact templates in in four. So for for veteran players, you know, your yeah. muscle memory will serve you well 
uh, you'll just deploy perhaps a little bit unoptimally in code one, but for uh, N4, I think you'll be fine. And then and then there'll be the influx of code one players who are who cut their teeth on code one, and they'll will do things like deploy right next to the TR bot. Right. And then you'll be like, I hit you with an HRL <laughs> template, and they'll yeah. be like, a HRL right. what? <laughs> And so that'll be that'll be a different, a yeah, different situation. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the other thing is that TR bots, there's there's no real way around them anymore, right? Because um, you can camo state around them, um, or you can just avoid them with terrain. But at the end of the day, they're still locking down a fire lane that you can't contest unless you just exactly. shoot them. There's no smoke, yeah. right? There's no like smoke tricks. There's no like advanced rules to cautious move across a gap yeah. or anything like that. So if you have to contest that fire lane because your objective is there, you basically have to shoot it. I mean, you can get to the objective and right. yeah, so you, you, you can take a normal roll on the objective. Oh, well, I guess there's no more rolls on objectives, but you could you know you know last dish effort smash the button and die. But um, yeah. that's really your only option. Yeah. So I think uh, with the prevalence of TO stuff. And ODD stuff in Code One that helps a lot because um, every every faction in there has access to TO or ODD or both um, or I guess mm-hmm. mimetism minus six for for the uh, for the brand new Code One players. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think I think I think, um, I, I think that uh, TO OD, uh, sorry mimetism minus six is going to be the, the way around it. It's the only way to do it um, reliably. Right, I mean, you're still still shooting you on twos. Yeah, interesting. Sorry, guys. You... Yeah, how did you feel? How did you feel about the range bands on it such a small game service? Um, I'm the the yeah. HMGs were still relevant, right? Because uh, especially if you can get a deployment zone to deployment zone shot, which I think you should still have in a small mm-hmm. table. Um, like you know, that's going to be that's going to it's it's 32 inches basically, right? Sorry, uh, no, 36 inches. 36 inches. Sure. Deployment zone edge to deployment zone edge. So, you know, it's it's still a relevant range band um, to use an HMG. I wouldn't push with a TR bot, right? Because ordinarily, like in a game of N3 or N4, I would buff a TR bot, roll it up the side, flank, and start chewing up bodies. I'm not going to do that in code one. They're pure, in my opinion, they're mostly cheerleaders. Um, I'll step back from purely, but... Uh, you know, in a pinch, you could use one, but I, I think they're they're mostly cheerleaders. Um, and combi rifles are more relevant. So, um, marksman rifles initially look good, but uh, before you know it, you'll be in a minus, you'll be in an eight inch band to be at minus three. So just pay attention to that. Yep. Yep. Interesting. So, so now that you've played um, thirty points and fifteen points, what do you? I mean, that's the the extremes. That saddle the twenty-five point game. What do you, how are you, how are you thinking, or what do you think about the uh, the various the two They're different, different uh, formats? Um, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like oh, the really? same game at all. Uh, Fifteen points feels like I'm playing um, a very complicated Euro game, right? Like I'm I'm doing. Like uh, there, there's a clear yeah. order of operations. I mean, I, I guess you know since we're on, we're on the subject of Blood Bowl, right? There's a clear. Um, uh, a clear order of operations, right? I do all the things that don't require rolls first in Blood Bowl because anytime I roll, I risk losing my turn and then going over to the other player, right? So you do that here as well. I do all the things that mm-hmm. don't require rolls, like advancing units to hold hold zones, uh, grabbing objectives, things like mm-hmm. that, which have zero risk, right? Then I start doing things that that actually have risk, like driving up um, 
a, uh, a attack piece and, and taking care of business, <clears throat> right? And, but then I'm forced to roll it, roll face to face rolls. I might get crit. I might just roll all you know twenties or something in my face to face. So yeah, it definitely feels a lot more skewed towards like the board game sort of feel. Um, and I definitely okay. like, for me, I'm excited. Like I I used to you know I mean I'm a nerd. I was part of chess club in high school. Um, so I, I want to do that again, right? I want to whip out the chess clock and then just like, instead of moving pawns and knights and bishops around, I want to like, you know, move deltas and epsilon and, and, uh, you know, aguaciles and stuff when the nomads finally get added. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to play speed code one, I think... is, is I guess the bottom line, 30 points of code one, I think it's sort of like, a um, Hey, new infinity player, you just got all your toys. You don't want to graduate to N4 yet. Let's play a big game where you get to use your big stompy boys let's have a good time. Um, but really I'm, I'm sort of doing it as like a, as like a, Hey, I'm a workhorse. I should help bring new players into the game. And it's not really like a competitive, um, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's not fun, but it's not like, it doesn't give me the same depth that I would want. If that makes any sense. Sure. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, to trying out a 25 point game. Uh, and kind of seeing how the, you know, it, it's, it's the mid level, even though it's not the midway between 15 and 30. Uh, but I'm curious if just the slightly different table size and the somewhat more restricted unit selection will, uh, will play out to make yeah. it a more interesting game. Yeah. And I think, I think that the other thing that's strange and new about it is building a list, building a list. You have to mm-hmm. totally kind of, um, go from a new perspective because it's not like building a list in, in, in three. Uh, sure. You, you're kind of just, I, when I first started building a list for the 15 point mission or 15 point uh, game, uh, it was odd. It was weird. Um, you're, you're not, it's, you're not, it doesn't feel the same as building a list for N three. So, uh, I was a bit, uh, it was a bit hard for me. I've, I spent like a little while trying to figure out what I could do that was going to make it viable in that mission. So, yeah, so weird. I don't know if anybody out there has looked at trying to build a 15-point list for Domination. Try it. It's, it's really it's strange. Weird. And uh, One of the interesting yeah. points... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, definitely. Uh, one, yeah, oh, one of the interesting ahead. points uh, is that when I, when I, so I, I, first of all, when I read the scenario, I misread it. There's a table at the beginning of the scenario that tells you what retreat threshold is. And I think it's 3.5 points in a, in a 15 point game. So basically like, you know, uh, if you go into retreat at the end of the turn, it's over, right? It's just like <clears throat> infinity. Um, what I read it as was in order to dominate a zone, you have to have 3.5 points in the zone, oh. which is not the case, right? I want to be very clear. That is not the case. However, yeah. I want to play that scenario, no. right? Because that, that super changes <laughs> right. things, right? Like now you really want to have a big beefcake and then maybe like, you know, like you want a three point um, uh, crack man plus a pal bot, right? Like that's, that's, that's what you have to have in the zone now. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. really changes the dynamics of the game and everything. Um, it makes it uh, really interesting. I, I kind of want to play that. Uh, I just also want to show, show this real quick. So um, let me see if I can make it bigger. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, so this is um, seven orders at eight and a half points, right? 
So this is two FO bots, two TR bots, two Flash Plus bots, and a Machinist and a Pell bot. Eight and a half points, two Swick, seven overs. Okay. I mean, pretty good. Right, so you've got tons of points left to spend on yeah. two or three like guys. Yeah, pick a gross lieutenant. I think my current favorite is the Orc multi-rifle out of Pano. Right, I, I, I'm just thinking about like uh, super optimal stuff. Uh, and this is this is pretty hard to argue with, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, there are absolutely other lists that are good, but for me, this is a strong base because sure. it has all the things you would want. It has area control, it has cheerleaders, it has three specialists, excellent board coverage, um, good like in-your-face arrow options. Like you can't like there aren't really many um, out of like you know out of line of fire options now except for spotlight. Right, which is really good, but uh, not the same as you know mm-hmm. getting hit in the face with red rum or sucker punch or something. Um, so yeah, this is I sure. think this is really a really strong package. And and I and I want to reiterate how good TR yeah. bots are. Yeah. Again. Uh, oh yeah, that my epsilon during my active turn took three orders shooting at his TR bot and did not. Do the job. I he don't did, think he, he, he took him out. He did, did he? on the third order. He dropped him. He did, but I mean, yeah. it took three orders. It, it took three orders. It dropped him. He got him up the next turn, which is crazy. And uh, the epsilon end, ended up dying to just say uh, two guys. We bought it. Yeah, yeah. I drove it up and shot you in the face. And and you know, that that was it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Right. Contract. I mean, like, <laughs> so I drove up this Pathfinder against this like BS thirteen mimetism thing, right? And sure. you know, I was like, oh, I got you out of cover because like, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. No, cover is silly now, right? <laughs> if you're like touching a thing and you're obscured yeah. a little bit, you're in cover. I was like, okay, yeah. let's roll this back. So, um, right. yeah, it, it, uh, like, and then I think you had a bit of uh, hesitation there. You're like, do I nanopulsor you? Do I pistol you? And you ended up going with a pistol. Um, yeah. Which I, I think was probably the right, right. call, but Didn't work. Uh, still kind of, kind of crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so he 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 basically went down to the to yep. a combi rifle and a, a <laughs> unit that you know it's probably a third of his cost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, we can find out, right? So that was that was. Yeah, fun. But again, like he found himself out of out of position <clears throat> because it took him three orders. I was out of orders by the time I finished trying yep. to take out your TR bot, and uh, that was that. Yeah, it was a it was a, a great game. Goodness, I, goodness. I think I learned a lot about how Code One is sort of meant to be played. Like I think what their intention was, because at thirty points it just, just kind of falls apart and turns into this weird like half and three sort of situation. Um, but at fifteen, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. a different feel. Because uh, I played a thirty point game against Obi, and you know you can bring all like you said the, the yeah. big boys and they get everything. Yeah. You get everything. Yeah, and it definitely is a lot slower uh, on the 30-point game, but the 15-point game, it was just like really quick. We got that thing done fairly Yeah, quick, we did. It took an hour, and that um, was with wrestling with the fact that the power had gone out in your house, and uh, you know, I had, I had, oh, yeah, I had a bunch right. of technical power. problems with the stream. <laughs> um, yeah, so like even dealing with that, we cranked it out in an hour. Uh, no, no problem. Yeah, and it, yeah, was, it, was, fun. it was a fun game. I mean, yeah, we had a good time, and uh, there was a lot of funny occurrences, and uh, yeah, I think we there learned was one, a lot. 
Yeah, I think like, just from over that, the course okay. of three orders and three different like, models, like three models got crit. I was like, okay, well, I guess that just happened. <laughs> but but like crits, I mean, to to, to go yeah. back to last last week's episode, like crits are fine. You know, just we just yeah they yeah. they're mm-hmm. fine. There's there's really no there, yeah there, there's, there's nothing to really say about it. It just it feels yeah. fine. I think I think they're great. I think it's a good representation of what it actually is, and I I, I think it's a better better solution to. And I think I think it'll make everybody yeah, happier. Yeah, I think in the long run it's better. You know? Yeah, and it makes like, sense. The face to face role is really the the thing, right? Like getting the hit on the guy is what's going to put him out of action. Like the, doing the damage automatically is great and all, but forcing armor saves in general oftentimes yeah. is all it takes. Until mm-hmm. Peter passes three in a row, yep. but I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> Side cop, baby. Side cop. <laughs> so good. Oh man. oh, man. Goodness. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and put a pin in that. I'm looking forward to playing 25 points and seeing if that is indeed the sweet spot, or if I look for you know if I'm going to be looking forward to a uh, chess timer matches at 15 oh, points in the future. It's going to be so uh, good. once. It's going to be really fun. I have a fancy chess clock too. I think it's going to be great. Weird. I, I knew you would. I thought about getting one and then I chuckled <laughs> to myself. Is it, it is digi- digital? Is it digital? Capacitive is it digital or... Okay. <laughs> wow. Fancy. That's going to get real fancy. Um, so today, what we really came here to talk about is the internet meta. And kind of what we mean by this is it's, there's a, uh, you know, there's there's almost like a, a collection of thought and uh, belief about how how the game is played, how um, how units perform, et cetera, uh, that are that is found on the Internet that may or may not always reflect people's own personal experiences. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. I definitely notice it more with, um, with really with all miniature games um, that I've ever played. Right, like there is, I used this thing, and it does great for me, and I use it, but I go on the internet and everyone tell, tells me it's bad, or the reverse. Right, everyone's like, oh my god, you got to take this thing. Um, so we kind of want to talk a bit about why that why that happens, um, where right. it comes from. Kind of some of the the current beliefs. You know, this is going to be uh, Infinity related, of course, since that's the game that all three of us <laughs> primarily play. Um, I mean, you can, you can say the same about about Blood Bowl with the stunty well, teams, you know. <laughs> no, but 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 in Blood Bowl, I mean, there's been like three million games played on Fumble, and they've processed that data, and you can absolutely prove based on three million data points <laughs> ogres are the worst team in the game yeah <laughs> there's there's no there is oh, no so it has nothing to do with the player then huh well you can still be yeah, the best of the worst true. right yeah. <laughs> i mean i uh, um, I, I well, think it really boils down to one I, thing which is that even though all of us play the game that is called infinity right just to have a talking point um we are actually all playing yeah. different games because when I fly down to California to visit Franco and all the guys down there, it's a different game than I play when I go to the game store and meet up with Adam and the guys here, right? It's different. 
Tell me more. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, okay. no, that's that that really is like we're we're playing, you know, we're we're cooking with the mm-hmm. same ingredients. What we what we end up making at the end can be uh, yep. be vastly different, right? Yeah. I mean, like as like a concrete example, right? So like, mm-hmm. let's take the Govad, right, versus the Muyib. So so yeah, if you're yeah, playing yeah. Assassin's Brahm. And, and you're looking at to build your core link. You're like, well, I'm clearly going to take a core link of Muyibs, right? Because they have all the things. They have that guy with viral minds and e-maulers or something, right? Or something, or maybe it's viral and anti-personal minds, like something something ridiculous, like a profile made for me. It has all the stuff. It I does all it. the things. It's amazing. Uh, and then you're like, why would I ever take a GoVat? They're more expensive in some cases, right? Or, you know, and, and they don't really do anything. They have MSV1. Who wants MSV1? Because mm-hmm. MSV1 is not as good as MSV2 because you can't see through smoke. And then you're also vulnerable to white noise. And you're like, ah, I don't, why would I ever do this? It's, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to min-max, I should min or max, right? Um, but you've never played on one of Adam's sure. tables if you don't take GoVads, I think is the answer. Um, <laughs> because, right, if you look at the plane table, the entirety of the plane table is is just a low-vis zone. And if you don't have MSV1, you're rolling on a minus three on everything you do, right? And that, I think, is pretty huge. So, you know, just watching our local Assassin's players, pre- and post-plane table, GoVads were suddenly a staple of all the lists, which I think is really interesting. So, I mean, this just really goes to underscore the, you know, the, the, um, the meta is, is what, def, you know, defines everything, context is everything. Yeah, and keeping keeping on that that kind of topic of terrain, right? Where you know we always hear about like European style tables versus right. American style tables, and um, I was listening to White Noise recently from some a couple guys that, that travel around Europe, and there's there's even like German tables versus oh, really? Spanish tables. Um, yeah, yeah, and and one of the things that I thought was absolutely fascinating is the guy was talking about how. Um, how when he travels to Spain, people try to over-infiltrate all the time. They try to infiltrate over the halfway line. He said, I think, in over half of mm. his games. And that just, like, blows my mind, right? Because we're so used to playing to playing safe, and I don't want to waste my infiltration. I don't want to lose my camo state. I'm not going to over-infiltrate. Where in Spain, they play, apparently, much more aggressively. And they're like, well, but the the, the value of getting my... You know, my camo marker right up there against the edge of your deployment zone, like that can completely decimate your entire yeah, first for turn. Sure. So the opportunity cost there is more is a little bit different, more measured. So it's funny when we think about rules that we think like, oh, nobody over you know, nobody over infiltrates, it's fine, they could get rid of that and nobody would really even care. Right? right. But like apparently there are metas where that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. And if you build your list around um, it and you take like two or three shots instead of just one. Right then, then it becomes reasonable to do. Well, yeah, I mean, I take four foxtrots every time I play USA, and they're yeah, fizz thirteen. Exactly. Like, yeah. why, why, not, why am I not? I've never once, never once have I attempted to infiltrate a foxtrot over the halfway line. Like, <laughs> hasn't hasn't even occurred to me. Like, why would I do that? Right, but like getting a having a foxtrot right up there, dropping mines right in your face. Yeah, hitting your boarding shotgun, like. That's yep. That's the thing. thing. I did that to Than. Let me see if I can find oh, the yeah. picture while you guys uh, continue that thought. Um, the the last time I the last time I did it was actually sadly also against Than. <laughs> oh, no. um, 
it was what was happening. <laughs> but I was playing like yeah. Atari Company, and I took a uh, a ninja assault hacker, infiltrated over the middle line, started right mm-hmm. next to his Gorgos. Just it just was a massive, massive thorn in his side, and that was very entertaining. But I mean, their yeah. fizz is terrible. You know, I rolled yeah. a one to, to infiltrate, so I was safe. Um, right. It was just kind of for laughs, and then just, like having stuck that, it was just. Yeah, right, here you go. Just here's, here's here's the picture what I what um, I did against Than. So, uh, basically, uh, oh, yeah. I forget what mission we were playing. We were this was at uh, Rain Dogs Rampage last year, um, and I over infiltrated a chasseur okay. and put its mine literally right next to this Reeks, uh, and it was covering his Kriegel as well. So. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh no! Well, yeah, yeah right. I mean, like here. you risk losing the mine if you fail, but if you land it and this happens, it's just like, all right, well, I don't have to do anything, and there goes Than's whole first turn. Um. So. Yeah. Well, let's face it. If you fail, you're in your deployment zone. You're not going to go right. through three mines. Exactly. That's it's worth. It's yeah, definitely absolutely. Worth that I role. mean, I saw that and I was like, well, I have to try this. There's no, there's no reason I wouldn't. Um. And so yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely well. It's definitely making me think a little bit more. Um, you know, with it, with a uh, and or uh, yeah, N four coming up, and I'm looking at um, white banner as well as Shasvasi armies, right? So I'm kind of looking at like what are, what are my infiltrating options, right? Like a Kylang is is twelve, right? That's roughly a fifty fifty chance to to over infiltrate, and then um, combine that with MSV one. Like they're a pretty nasty. Pretty nasty little guy, and then Dow Fair is yep. fourteen. Right, you know, there's there's a greater than fifty percent chance to land that, and you know, God help you if you have a Dow Fay up in your face with a yeah, Spitfire yeah. or a multi rifle yeah. or a boarding shotgun. Oh, so now you're saying you're going to change you, you, you your actions are going to change your meta now, right? Well, so that's actually so if that's you start doing some crazy stuff like that because then people are going to start copying right but that's a totally that's a totally valid thought right like i often change my play style to influence our meta i mean we 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 explicitly talk about it right you and i sit down and we're like we are going to take tags for the next two weeks and then we do it and the people are like oh my god i need an assault hacker and then assault hacker starts showing up (laughs) and then we're like excellent time to take more killer hackers yeah, right. But, right. but it's it's a totally valid thing, right? Like that's kind of the the whole counter meta right. uh, concept, right? Um, or yeah. the way the way that I design the way that mm-hmm. I do our tables, right? Like I think that the Pacific Northwest meta probably uses more special terrain than any other meta in the world. I would be I would be surprised uh, pleasantly to find if there was another meta that used more special terrain rules, right. um, but. Because of that, if people are practicing for the Rose City Raid, you know, rest in peace this year, um, not going to happen. But, you know, if people are practicing that, they have to practice mm-hmm. with terrain or they're going to sure. get their butt kicked. They're going to show up on, on you know, on the corridor table, right? That's all zero G yep. outside. Right. And they're like, what do you mean all my guys are only moving two inches? And like, <laughs> like, no, you're going to get your butt kicked if you yeah. are not prepared for that. Right. Um, well, and so that influences the meta in the, the whole the whole yes. Cascadia region. Right. Well, and to go back to your, the topic about, um, about internet metas, right? Yeah. As far as 
people say this on the internet, but when you play it on the table, it's not what it is, right? So I just recently participated in a TTS tournament. Um, Val, Val SC held it. And what was cool about it is that there were 50 some odd competitors, right? Um, let me, I'm going to just get up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at the chart here of all the people that played. So basically, USA, Australia, Thailand, Poland, Germany, Russia, uh, Spain, um, UK. I mean, it was all over the world. Brazil. Sure. Um, so you you really got to play, and it was five rounds. So you really got to play a lot of different people. Damn, that's that's, um, that's a crazy yeah. tournament. And, and here's here's the other the, here's the other thing. At the end of five rounds, um, top top ten, your typical suspects: Yujing, Alef, OSS, right? Top three. Mm-hmm. TAC, two people in TAC. But coming in at number ten was a Bakunin player. Interesting. Which, you know. You don't see those very often. <laughs> so, yeah, and I got to play this guy. I got to play two guys nice. out of the top ten, which is great. Oh, cool. Um, so I got to play the Bakunin player, and I was thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be funny. I'm playing uh, Vanilla mm-hmm. uh, Nomads. He's playing Bakunin. And I'm like, I wonder what he's going to take, because it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird, it's a mm-hmm. weird sectoral. Um, it's, it's sure. you know, it's pretty... Not not a favorite of of, of a lot of people, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's it's not considered a great sectoral, right? Sure. This, this guy brought, you know, I think he brought. I'm pretty sure he brought five mm-hmm. Morlocks. Okay. The Uberfall, uh, a core link of of uh, moderators of uh, yeah moderators with two sure. two sniper rifles. Um. He had um, Kusanagi and the Kusanagi yep. Harris. Kusanagi, team. a custodian, and a healer. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, and it was he. He. He just his his um, Morlocks destroyed me. Took out so many units mm-hmm. easily because he had them all in. Interesting. Yeah, he had them all in a. He had two. I want to say he had sixteen. So he had 10, 15, 19, 20 order list, right? His Morlocks are in one list or one combat group that basically has almost 10 orders. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are irregular. Was, was the core in there? Was but the core that was I had to, No, the core was in the, the core was in the, oh, interesting. the first group. And it was it he just ran me through. I mean, I really? could do anything to hold him back. And it was it was great. It was great playing this guy because I'm I asked him I'm like what made you play Bakuna and he's like cuz nobody in the whole league was playing it. So, you know, out of 50 some oh. odd players, he comes in 10th place with yeah. his Bakunin list. And Bakunin is great. I think you, you know, know the the the, yeah. the amount of options you get is is pretty varied. Um, there's a lot of you know, some would say suboptimal choices, but then you know when you're facing an ODD sniper that's sitting in the back, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've got my 
I the last time I played against uh, Reverends, that ODD sniper was just a massive pain in my neck, and, and like I didn't build to counter it because people don't yeah. take it, right? Right. <laughs> right. Theory. Exactly. And I had an intruder, but guess what? Intruder got just bum rushed by three yeah. Morlocks. And yeah. Target prioritization, yeah. right? Kill that thing. <laughs> I can kill my stuff. Okay, it's gone. Great. I can keep yeah. moving. Yeah. And, and you know, he had Kusanagi Spitfire, so she came up and just wasted yep. things. I mean, it was just it was The S-14 ridiculous. Spitfire will do um, nothing. So. <laughs> yeah, I right. mean, even though they were moving 4-2, it didn't matter because they were moving and shooting, moving and shooting, and it was just like there was yep. always a target exactly. to shoot um, so, so he just kind of, he kind of just was my hero for that tournament because he 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 definitely he had three wins a draw and a loss and and mm-hmm. Really- mm-hmm. good for him that's awesome yeah. well so i guess one of the one of the interesting things though that that kind of brings up is that um you know the the internet meta like right now everybody has a lot of time right we all have time we're sitting at home, and none of us are playing. Well, I mean, I'm, right? I'm getting a game yeah. every week like normal. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, okay, not none of us. I would say many yes. of us are not True. playing as much as, we, uh, as much as we used to. And, you know, it doesn't take um, having a, a breadth of experience to write a sure. comment on the internet. Right? So it, this isn't just to, like, dump on everyone who's an armchair general. But... There are a lot of times where I look at something and I'm like, I don't know why you would take that, right? And and um, that doesn't mean, though, that somebody isn't going to find a way to use it effectively. But the problem is that when you go online and you start saying, nah, that's garbage. That's, to, you know, why did you take that? Mm-hmm. Don't take that thing. Um, it doesn't necessarily reflect the reality of what that person's experience is going to be like sure. on the table. Um, so talking about what we were talking about earlier, where people kind of crap on assault hackers and assault hackers are not great unless the enemy has things for the assault hackers to hack. Yeah. And then yeah, once yeah. they have things, like somebody takes a tag, man, assault hackers are <laughs> ridiculous against tags. Yeah. Um, I uh, last, I guess this is not, not this year's Adepticon because things, <laughs> um, but last Adepticon I played with my shots last I played with my, my Onyx. Um, and I had a Sphinx in one of my lists and I had not practiced once, I think against an assault hacker. And, right. You know, and then here comes this this freaking Bereed, right? He's like, I'm gonna throw a bunch of pictures around your around your yeah. tag, and then it was his tag, <laughs> <laughs> you know? and I didn't have anything to deal with to deal with the Sphinx because nobody takes them except for me. So yeah. like suddenly, I, you know, he you know he's got he starts up his turn with like ten orders ready to oh, go into no. this. Oh, you know, no. it might be a low, it might be a low ballistic soul sphinx, but those things have heavy yeah, flamethrowers, man. You know, like, yeah. camo, so it doesn't care that you're shooting at it. So you're gonna miss. Yeah, no, it was awful. But yeah. I, and there's nothing, there's no feeling better than possessing oh someone else's yeah. tag. It's oh so, my it's god, so good. <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that same that same it's, Adepticon. It's I, so uh, I was playing uh, limited insertion biotech four, and I managed to stick a bandit assault hacker 
uh, in the path of my my enemy's lizard. He was playing Bakun and I was playing Corregidor. Okay. And, uh, yeah, basically. Not a great, not a great no, actor either. She, not with amazing. Whip twelve. Uh, but I possessed <laughs> the tag on his turn, and then my awesome. missile launcher Brigada <laughs> took care of the rest, uh, and then the tag just shot the crap out of everything <laughs> that was left standing after the biotech four killed it all. So, yeah, that was. Oh that was, man, that's so good. That's a, yeah. Um, and li- a lizard's no, no. That's not. That's pretty yeah, damn good I know. tag yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. It's a great tag. Right. Uh. So, what's interesting though is that with um, with Drews when they came out, that's really kind of when my perception of assault hacker started to change because I could get that cheap seventeen point throwaway assault hacker in my uh, link, right, and then easily have a a, uh, a repeater net from the um, sure. the Havzas, right. not Havzas, tons of cuts. Um, and next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I'm actually using this assault hacker, like six cents, so no, no martial arts heavy infantry that's sneaking through the net, and it just becomes a, a really major threat vector that people have to deal with. Um, but again, going back to kind of the the general internet consensus of them is that they're they're broken and over cost, and I think the trouble is that they are broken and over cost in metas where they're not given the opportunity to be mm-hmm. useful. Right. And but that but if you were to make them cheaper in the meta like that would be the absolute nail in the coffin you know, that could be right. a, a nail in the coffin for tags and heavy infantry in metas where those troops are sure. effective. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, when, when John and I were using tags, I was busting out the Magariva Guard. I actually really like the the quote battle tags, right? Like so like Magariva Guard, Squalo, Legia. Lizard, um Legia, yep. All you know, they're all armor eight. They all have a multi heavy or multi HMG and a heavy flamethrower. Um, and like I was loving taking the Magariba guard because people were taking like TO bots or uh, TR mm-hmm. bots and things like that. And it's like, well, I'm armor eleven in cover, so unless you crit me, like eventually yep. I'm gonna just shoot you down. Um, yeah, I don't need to link. I don't need to coordinate order. I'm just going to shoot you with my guy who is yeah, bigger. Right. Yeah, and I, you know, it's I, I had a game uh, where my opponent was had a mag uh, margarita, and uh, I had a I just happened to take him a route, and we just kind of just <laughs> shot at each other for the pretty much the entire match. Finally, the Marute finally took out the the margarita guard. Finally, um, but it took pretty much three turns to do it. You know. Um, but it's it's fun. It's like so fun to use those those big tags. Yeah, you know? it's a good time. Yeah, the uh, Marut is a, a beast yeah, of that MSV two. Completely changes things, right? Yeah, because like in any other uh, MSV two piece, you know, you're like, okay, well, if if I get a lucky hit and sneak it through, it's over. You can't do that against a tag. <laughs> That's right. that lucky hit is with a missile launcher, and you get even lucky yeah. past that. Um, but I mean, to, yeah. to, I guess to to talk, you know, more about because. Uh, the 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 topic which is the internet meta stuff i think a lot of it is um you know life gets in the way even in non-covid times it's hard to get games in um and so uh, the release and the fun of engaging with other people who love the game and you want to like talk to about it and like 
So, so you talk sure. about it online, and what ends up happening is like, okay, I've got a game coming up this Thursday. I want to have the best time possible. I'm going to talk about what I'm going to do and try to win the game before I get there, right? And that may not be an explicit yeah. goal that's in your yes. head, but yes. that's what I see a lot of happening online. I mean, maybe that's my interpretation of it. People are like, is this list good, right? Is Between these two lists, which one should I take? And it's never like... Yeah here's a problem I'm like, it, it's always a context less question, right? You're like, here's a list that I like. Tell me if right. it's good or not. And you're like, good, good for what? What mission are you like nine, nine times out of 10, when I look at a question on the internet, it's like, here's a list. It's never, here's a list for X scenario. It's always like, I don't know what I'm playing. Right, I saw right. this stuff. It looked cool. I bought it. I want to play this list. That's fine. Right. And that's where you should start. And that, you know, play what looks cool to you, play what's exciting, play what you want to paint. But when you start getting into like, okay, now I'm going to start playing competitively. I want to think about like strategy list building in a way that matches the mission set. Um, you yeah. start asking those questions, right? Like, yeah. what can my an list do? An interesting thing to that same point, right? Or if you say, you know, I'm playing uh, frontline against Bakunin, right? Using mm -hmm. Bakunin as an example. There is a major difference between facing a Moria link, facing a Riot Girl link, and facing a Moderator link. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, like just knowing that you're playing this mission against that faction, like the way that they construct their list of those factions could be so insanely diverse that 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 becomes almost irrelevant. What becomes more important is simply, do you know that mission? Right. right. Do you know what it takes to achieve that mission? Um, and I think that it's fair to look for some guidance for units to make the specific missions or encounters easier. Right. If you know that you're playing against Bakunin, there's a fair chance that MSV is going to be useful because their two powerhouse units or uh, one of their powerhouse units has that nasty negative six. Right? right. So it's like if you get caught with your pants down and don't have any way to deal with ODD, then you're going to be sad face. Yeah. Right? But. But hinging your hinging your entire strategy on that um, in list building before you've before you've started rolling the first dice um, is kind of where people start to fall apart and get in trouble. And um, one of the things I think that can lead to are certain units being a little bit overrepresented in their faction, um, namely the Taskmaster is a good one, <laughs> right? Or it's like if you know you're going against nomads. Right, a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, they're, they're going to have a taskmaster because the internet says that's the best thing ever," <laughs> um, and like you're going, to, you're going to psych yourself out to face this this beast, you know, and it might not show up. Yeah, and then yeah. you and then you get ganked by Bran, and you're like, "Wait, where is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, where did this like magical monkey man come from? And why is he like poking me in the butt with his stick? And it's all over, right?" Like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. So I mean, and so a lot can happen with you. Yeah. Psych yourself out. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the huge part, like psyching yourself out, right? So if you look at a lot of the stuff that's happening, people are saying like, oh, Varuna is, is the thing to beat. The king oh of ARO God. is a linked Kamau sniper. Now, having faced linked Kamau snipers, are they a pain in the ass? Yes. They are a yeah. huge pain in the ass. Uh, you're going to have to expend a lot of resources dealing with it, whether that be at the list building time, right? You know, during mm -hmm. uh, or or at, uh, at run time, right, on the table. Um, so, sure. Uh, you know, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself, do I need to deal with this Kamau? Right? And chances yeah. are you might not have to. Right? If yeah. if you can just if you can just cautious move across the gap that it's covering and steal the thing that you need right. to steal, 
right? If you're playing supplies or something, yeah. then you don't have to deal with the canal yeah. at all. So, I mean, a lot of it is just figuring out what the, so like I, I like to, I'm an engineer, right? So I like to, I like to really be reductionist about the problem and say like, what is the actual problem you're trying to solve? So in a game like supplies, it's like, I don't, I could, you could end the game with 300 points on the table and I could end the game with one point on the table, right? Or I guess three points from a pal. Yeah. Um, as, as, I mean, as long as I have enough bodies holding boxes, I'm good to go. Right. So, you know, I can't yeah. end with three yeah. points, but you can see the point. Um, so at the end of the day, <laughs> right, like you just have to, you have to figure out what you're actually trying to do and solve it. Uh, so the part of that is deciding what metrics are important to you. Right. Um, so, mm -hmm. uh, my favorite example to trot out is there's a, there's been a long running debate, um, within the nomad circles. So, you know, those of you who are familiar with my history know that I'm a, uh, I started with nomads, um, which is the best unit, the gecko, <laughs> the Kriza HMG or the intruder HMG. Right. And so some people will be annoyed mm. already that the gecko is even in the running. <laughs> Right, they're like gecko. <laughs> Why would I ever use a gecko? First of all, what the you best, talking about? yeah, the best range man that it's got is 24 inches with a Mark 12. Right, like I would never use a Blitzen or Panzerfaust. Screw that. It's only burst one. Forget it. Right, and then yeah. like the Intruder is MSB2. Right? It's got mod stacking because it's got surprise shot and mimetism and cover and all this other nonsense. And the Kriza's got five all dice and a magic negative three that you can't negate. Right. So like clearly we're now now we're like talking about it. it's like, OK, then then people are like, OK, forget about the gecko. The gecko is useless. Now we're ha like the big boys are talking now. Let's have a debate about whether the intruder or the Kriza is the right choice. And then people will say, like, well, if you live in a if right. you live in a meta where there's a bunch of like ODD around, like you're playing uh, you're playing against steel phalanx all the time, then the intruder stock goes up. Right. Because you have MSV2 to deal with all the ODD or mimetism minus six. Right. And then, uh, but if you live in like a, a, a meta where other things are um, are popular, like maybe you're playing a lot of assassins or you're playing a lot of, um, you know, uh, other nomads or pano or something, then you need a quality, high dice count, reliable, low variance thing like the Kriza where you're maximizing your chances by rolling the most dice. Um, and then, mm -hmm. you know, you, we get into this whole thing and there's just like, all, you know, people are getting real, really ad hominem about it. Like, oh, you're an idiot. First of all, you should never do that. Right. Attack the idea, not the person. Intellectual confrontation. Right. right. Kill the idea, yeah. not the human being. They're, they're a live person on the other end. They have feelings. They have different experiences than you. Like we shouldn't have to say it. But unfortunately, we forget sometimes. I forget sometimes. Uh, anyway. So moving on. Um, you know, then we started to notice a pattern. The people that were advocating for the Kriza the most vocally and the most um, repetitively uh, were people from a meta that play mostly yams. And so for those of you who don't know what yams is, yams mm. is yet another mission system. And so basically, if you imagine a game where instead of having an ITS mission like supplies or domination or, or frontline or something where there's like some random objective you have to complete, your entire game is based around a draw of basically four classified cards. And they may be like, get three models across some measure, like, you know, get three models out of your deployment zone or get into your opponent's deployment zone and pass a whip roll. And none of these cards, with, with very few exceptions, require specific unit types. So you don't need a forward observer, you don't need an engineer, right? And so, you know, the Kriza, if the Kriza gets into your enemy deployment zone and passes a whip roll, you get a point. And that's one out of the four points you need to win the game. So in that case, in that sure, world, sure. the Kriza is the correct choice, right? It is it has it's the lowest variance, it throws the most dice, it can survive crits because it's got two wounds, right? 
and mm-hmm. it can do all of the objectives. Why wouldn't you take it? You'd be an idiot not to. <laughs> and in, in that scenario, right. in that context, the crease is the right choice. So that person or people arguing this point are correct. Um, but other people have different experiences. Other people play ITS. Other people play is 20 by 20, right? There's a ton of different mission systems out there, and you need to optimize for the one that's that's relevant to you. Uh, and I think I think that's the big thing, right? Like people are like, this is my experience. I only right. see what I see. Everybody else should see the same thing because that's the way right. the world works, right? Um, but it's not. Yeah. So people just need to be aware of that. Yeah. In the end, right. it's, it's the right tool for the right job. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, context that is lost when talking about the internet, where you don't understand actually what the scope of the job is. Right. 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 Yeah. And the other, they don't even mention the job. They just kind of describe the units and compare the units, and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, I think they're trying to do. Let's talk about what they can do. Like that's all they're talking about sometimes, and that's definitely not the right way to look at it. Yeah, and it's the curse of competence, sure, I think it, right? Like these people know yeah. really well what they're doing, so they omit the part that they figured out already and really internalized. But that's the key part that they're not communicating mm-hmm. that makes it into a flame war. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I think this is actually really interesting for like new players. Um, I've already kind of started seeing, at least on the internets, right? Like people that are that have been on the sidelines, kind of taking a new interest in Infinity with the release of Code One, yep. um, and starting to ask questions about, well, is such and such good? Is such and such good? You know, everybody's immediate response is often like, yes or no. You know, like trying to tell this new player exactly what to get, and yeah. I think a lot of the, I would say maybe the silent majority. Um, but a lot of the more experienced veteran players that aren't chiming in, I feel like often have the conclusion of like, if you know how to use the tool, it will be mm-hmm. good. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, this comes up a lot where, where things, uh, I'm just thinking about like terrain rules again, cause that's my favorite one to come back to cause I love the terrain rules. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about like, uh, you know, multi-terrain or the, the various like jungle terrain, mountain terrain, etc. I remember when I first started learning the game, um, I was taught by uh, by Joel Traveler and Michael Delarb, um, Rattler Next, and Barakil in the forums. Um, they kind of told me that those were flavor skills, right? They weren't really skills that, that played into the game very often, or if they were factored into the point, they were something that contributed to making something overpriced. Um mm-hmm. And if you're a new player coming in and you're like, well, should I take this unit? And people start talking about why it's, it's overpriced because it has multi-terrain. <laughs> like yeah. that guy hasn't even, that kid hasn't, that person hasn't even figured out like what terrain is. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I think that there's this, this notion of trying to oversimplify things for new, new players um, where you can actually end up telling them only part of the story. And for all you know, this guy's got like, you know, he plays, he plays 40k and has a Katachan army, and the game table he plays on is all jungles left or right, right? And that's the game they're going to start playing Infinity on. And like mm-hmm. his experience about what is going to be good is going to be very different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been so. I, I think one of the things I'm really thankful for, because um, basically my Infinity history, I started into, um, then I had to write my thesis and stop playing for a couple of years. 
then I moved here, and then I started playing with uh, you know Adam and the crew up here, and then I would fly down to um, Santa Clara for work and play the California guys occasionally. Is that here we have a very um, holistic view of the game, right? Um, our attitude generally is like there are, are there are no bad units with some notable exceptions, um, like a, like AD lieutenants for example, right? There's it, it's very difficult yeah. to make a, a yeah. reasonable case for that, right? That's that's specifically what I was thinking yeah. of, but um, hopefully they address that. In yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think that was a concession Ooh. for some um, some campaign related stuff is is the is the hubbub, but. Um, you know, we, we try different things. There was a whole stint in our Infinity career for like a month where we played nothing but randomly generated lists, and we did quite well. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was really fun. So fun. Yeah, it was an excellent experience. So um, like, I would never have taken a Janissary boarding shotgun before, right? But the list gate, the list generator gave me it. They have that? Yeah, right? I was like, is this a thing? Do I have a model for this? I was like, oh, I guess I might have a model for this. Um, and um, <laughs> it was great. I learned a lot. I was like, because it, like, uh, I I would be quite happy if if somebody you know just rolled a list and um, and a mission for me every game I played. Like you're playing this today. Yeah. I'm like okay, uh, and then it becomes like the the draw to infinity for me is uh, I am interested in a very complex tactical puzzle, uh, and you get yeah. to set the parameters, right? I'm fine right. with that. Like you can put me at a huge mm -hmm. disadvantage. I don't care. Like I want to. Like I, I enjoy pulling apart the puzzle. Um, so for me, right. that was really, really great. But for other people, that may not be so much. But um, I think Adam, you have the same kind of, kind of feel uh, for the game. And you know, we've bounced ideas off of each other as, as workers trying to like help our meta grow and, and evolve. Um, and and you know, you you had a really um, uh, hard rule, which was that we were going to play every ITS mission every season, right? And uh, yeah. it may take the entire year to do it, but we're going to play a tournament as many times as we need to have a tournament, or you know, we're going to do a Tiger Lands every week. We're going to make sure we touch at least every mission at least once. Because um, right. right. you know, then we're not just stuck in a front line. We're going to do front line all the time. We're going to do supplies right. all the time. And the fact that you have to deal with contend with biotech for you're like, oh, I can't play vanilla as the way I thought I should play it all the time, <laughs> right? Like right, playing a bunch yeah. of irregular yeah. more like that that pecunian list probably wouldn't have done super great in in biotech four, right? So it's a it's a yeah, different it, different world. So it kind of comes from probably because so like my entire career is based around like user experience design, right? And I, I worked in games for a while, and for me, kind of a lot of my my philosophical approach to to playing this game, and not only playing this game, but kind of um, leading a community through playing this game is kind of exploring the boundaries of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's something why I really enjoy making the Rose City Raid as absolutely as difficult as I possibly can every year. Because what's going to happen is anybody who's going to do well on that is going to practice with that. And they're, so they're going to have to go home to their metas and get their metas to change and to play these more complex puzzles to solve, these right. more complex scenarios. Um, with different parameters on it. Like this year we were going to do Soldiers of Fortune, which like Soldiers of Fortune totally changes the game. As far as I'm concerned, at least it, change, it changes a lot of factions, especially. Like you always have to worry about Yon Yon. Yep. You always have to watch your six. You always have to assume the airborne deployment's going to happen. Yep. Um, your opponent will always have access to smoke. Saito Togon could be on every freaking table. McMurro <laughs> could be everywhere. Yep. Right? Like yeah. there's all these awful, awful things that could happen. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
by kind of forcing right, no man's, to... nomads with chain of command. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, no but we're... just like populated. The pop... just going yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's like come at me, bro. Oh, yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But these are all these are all interesting new problems to solve that people have to take home and bring to their communities. Mm-hmm. And their communities have to start solving this. And suddenly they're getting, they're playing a game differently. You know, they're playing a different game than they were. You know, they could have been a meta that is all, you know, supply, supremacy, and frontline all day long. But then suddenly it's like, well, guys, we have to deal with biotech for it. And you might have, you know, yon yon. Like, this sounds awful. And and let me tell you how how hard it is to make two lists for the uh, Rose City Raid mission. Yes. It's it's really difficult to make two lists that yeah, work. Yeah, that was by design for those. <laughs> Holy, yeah, it's totally by design. I'm like, it's it's so hard, and you know, I've spent the last, I had spent the last like three months figuring that, trying to figure out lists. Good, <sighs> and I'm I'm, I'm to the point of, I'm to the point of like maybe Vanilla Nomads isn't the right way to go with for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but so, but that's the thing. Like, Vanilla Nomads does have an answer for pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. But I started, I started playing Corregidor mm-hmm. on those missions. And I'm like, oh, I could do this a lot easier. Yes. Um. So, you know, maybe maybe a sectoral is a better answer to. Who well, knows? So, I'm try it out. So, continue to speak to that and and how the internet responded. Um. I received some less than positive feedback <laughs> about my my mission sure. lineup, the use of the red deck, um, sure. the the use of the red deck in um, oh I'm totally brain farting on the name now. It's not highly classified. It's the new version of highly classified countermeasures. Countermeasures. Thank you. Right, like playing the red deck with that. Like I've had people just t- like I had people say that you know we're not going to come this year because of that, and I'm like that's right. fine. Okay. Like. shoot um but like there's this whole there's this belief on on the that exists kind of a lot on the internet and it's shared uh through there that like the red deck is invalid for play and Mm -hmm. countermeasures and highly classified are not good scenarios and um i i disagree like i need so many people hate looting and sabotaging i mean a lot of oh right, that and looting and sabotage, I think, is another fantastic scenario where it's like, crap, you have to take this thing, like right. you have to somehow wedge a solution to this into one of your other two yep. lists. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like I, yeah. I like it, but I also, I, I also don't like it because, like the tag missions, it sort of um, makes it really hard for some factions to be competitive. Um, Mm-hmm. It's it's that that's my one complaint. But then you know, but I I, I guess I I'm you know, if I have first world problems, I have all the armies, so I can just pick what I want to play, and it's fine. But not <laughs> but not everybody has that luxury, right? Um, so that that's something to consider. But um, but with with um, soldiers, soldiers or uh, soldiers yeah, you have McMurrow, and it's fine. Yeah, everybody gets yeah. McMurrow. Everybody can take uh, Scarface. Yeah. Um, who is a very Which, valid tag? Yeah. He's a great tag. Are you kidding me? Yep, I. Amazing. Uh, I am very used to playing against Jordan's S7 silhouette marker 
proxying a Scarface. <laughs> 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 like, like it's really funny because uh, his his brother Isaac, yeah. who who painted Hippolyta for our last uh, last week's episode, right. Uh, very beautifully, yeah. you know. So Isaac does all of uh, Jordan's model work. He yeah, there is. he is, right? Look at that guy. Sexy. Um, so you know, I get I get to see all this beautiful conversion work and painting work out of Isaac when Jordan when I play Jordan. And then like the one discrepancy is this one this one S7 silhouette marker that's just like hanging yeah. out in the back, looking yeah. sad and lonely. But um, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, but I mean, like, I guess I I, I do want to touch upon like what what does com- competitiveness mean. And like, what does it mean to be a good in, uh, player at Infinity? Yeah. And um, I think hey, one more, one more show, yeah. one more show and tell before you continue. Ooh, Joe. My, one of my favorites. Yeah, that's pretty great. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But um, you know, like, what is what does being competitive mean? And I think this goes back to like, what are your metrics of interest, right? Like, what what you have to define success before you can argue about how to get there. And I think uh, in sure. the Pacific Northwest, anyway. Our, our definitions of success, at least what my interpretation and of it is, uh, is try to, you know, become a player that can succeed in any given scenario. And I don't just mean like ITS scenario. I mean, like this week, Adam and John are going to be like, you're playing limited insertion with a random lesson we're playing biotech for win. Right. right. And next week yep, we're going to yeah. be playing, you know, get to close to 20 orders as you can. And we're going to play supplies. Yeah win right and and yeah. that's what success means for us um and you can have yeah. an equally valid uh definition of success for your meta and the way you you guys want to run it over there um but this is what we've chosen and i think that um you know i, I think i think that's the way that we enjoy the game and that really is what it boils down to right at the end of the day are you enjoying the game if you've done that yep. that's successful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and that's like, I think a lot of people get hung up on the idea of being right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is always happening on the internet. And really, like, what is, like, I don't know, there, there's, there's kind of this, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of ego in, in being a competitive player. Sure. Right? Like, I, I consider myself a fairly competitive player. I stopped looking at my ITS score last season. Um, but, like, I know I want to win. And I know, it, like, I know that I'm a good player based on, my performance in advance and how I play against other people. And so I feel like when I'm giving somebody advice, like that comes from a place of knowledge. And I'm like, no, this is the thing. Right. And so it's really easy to get caught up in almost like defending my ego. And somebody goes, nah, I disagree. Right. Yeah. Someone right? is wrong really on the internet. I must take action. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Can't handle yeah. it. Got to fix them. Um, yeah. And it's yeah it's it's important to not lose sight of like what is the actual thing the person is asking why are they asking mm-hmm. it, right they're not asking it because they want you know they, they want to be scalded and yelled at for for daring to consider buying a bad unit um but really yeah. just trying to look to um they're 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 you know trying to enjoy the game they're trying to have a fun game with their opponent yeah yeah and, and, and i think that's the most important is that you're having a good time you know. And I feel like any player who is going to a tournament who's like, I need to dominate it and I need to win it, <laughs> yeah. they're not going to the internet for advice. No. <laughs> you know, like like the the players that are at that tier, um, you know, you're you're never gonna see um you're never gonna see Ruben 
go on the internet and be like, yeah. guys, what's what's that it's he knows yeah. he knows how, to how do how do i use this ski yeah, of horus he knows how to play the game he's <laughs> yeah oh, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna build his own experience and use that to form his decision yeah he's not gonna go on the internet and ask about it so the people yeah. that are generally going on the internet and asking about it are people that are they're looking to improve their game and to have a good time with it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and I so think that, that's a good, that's a good point because I think, I think people should try units that they don't feel comfortable yeah. with or they don't think are good and just try them out and see what happens. And, and that's, that's, that's what I do is I, let's see what a, a Yadu link mm-hmm. team does, you know, with a, you know, please no. Gun I don't know what's happening. Yadu link team. It, it does really well, by the way. <laughs> it's happening, Adam. Get get <laughs> with, your body with, ready. <laughs> remember, remember when o, when OSS came out, John? You and I were like, "Yadu yeah. are monsters." As soon as people figure out that they're monsters, I'm going to be sad because they do everything. Yeah, we were like crowding our pants with sadness. Um, yeah, it's awful. Yeah, and I started were... I started doing it uh, at, towards the end of me playing Aleph a- uh, last year, and. It's a great core link. It oh, really yeah. does. It really does some yeah. damage. They having they, that uh, FPO option, the missile bot, yep. in there too, yep. is really cool. And yeah. now, now with the release of that Trisha lady, who can be an engineer in there too. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I didn't yeah. even think about that. I, I wasn't. She wasn't yeah. around at the time, but there's some pretty, pretty gross cool. stuff happening now out of OSS. Okay. I've definitely been spending a few cycles <laughs> thinking about it. Um. <laughs> like, like the only the only way they could be an even more John unit is if they had a multi rifle plus yep. emitter. I option. mean, they've got emirats <laughs> already, so I'm pretty happy. I'll, I mean, I I I yeah, multi rifle. Yeah, like, I'm I'm already theirs. like inundated with wealth here as far as Yadus are concerned, right? I'm 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 quite happy. I don't I don't need right. to. To just like ask for more, it's I'm it's it's fine the way it is, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like ego yeah. is definitely a big thing, right? I think one of the um, the biggest uh, like slaps in the face that I experience as an Infinity player is starting this battle report journey um, because now I don't get it. I, I for those of you who don't know. I write up every every battle, every game I play, with the exception of you know like work or teaching games and stuff. Um, uh, but I, I write up some of those too, uh, and that means I have to write down all of the games, the wins and the losses, the ones where I do something really awesome and look really cool, yeah. and the ones where I just like shit the bed and like brain fart all day and I don't know what I'm doing and I like make the exact wrong decision, <laughs> and then I have to tell you about how awful I am in like long form prose, right? right? And like that yeah. has, uh, it's, it's, it's humbled me. It's taught me a lot about uh, how I respond to stress, how I um, yeah. respond to failure and like, how do you bounce back? And like some of the, sometimes, um, you know, it's really easy to write about, right? Like when you have a really great game, you're just like, oh yeah, I did this thing. It was great. And my opponent did this thing. It was really cool. And then it all kind of like worked out in the end. Uh, and sometimes you're just like, I, I don't know what I could have done better. Right, and you sit there, you, see, mm-hmm. you look at the the blinking cursor, and you're like, "What did I do wrong?" And you don't know, and that's the mm-hmm. most frustrating thing. And I and I'm lucky that the game, most of the games that I play, 
where that happens, um, you know, I'm playing Eric Zelopanethus or something, and then I get to have a conversation with him. He's like, oh, yeah, you just didn't play the objective. And I'm like, oh, well, duh, of course I should have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Whoops. yeah, exactly. But I, it, it's it's like uh, people are so focused up in, in, in the win of the short term, and part of that is, like, optimizing things. Because, like, like, part of the reason we're all attracted to these complicated games is because there's an opportunity to min-max, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we want to um, we we want to find the the killer strategy and execute it. And like, especially for like players in that like middle middle stage of development, where they're like, oh my god, MSV MSV two plus smoke is the best thing ever. I'm gonna put it in every list. I'm gonna abuse the crap out of it. And like, it feels so good when it happens, and I feel so powerful, and the enemy <laughs> feels you know feels so helpless, and like it just I feel in control of the situation. Um, and you you start to look for opportunities to do that. Uh, and and it changes the way you play, and then eventually yep. you have to circle back and sort of find a find a, a more delicate balance. Uh, and in response to Isaac's question, I don't think I've ever been in that situation um, where both of us made bad decisions uh, consistently. Maybe maybe if you both play poorly, it feels like you're both playing well. Maybe that's what it is. I suspect I suspect what will happen <laughs> though is that um, is that when I'll have a better answer for you when we start playing code one speed speed chess, because then we definitely will make bad decisions all the time. Have awful games. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I I, I think it might be worth sp- like on the subject. It might be worth spending a little time thinking about or talking about uh, various stages of development in somebody's infinity career, right? So I I would say that now we're on the like the the tail end of the curve, right? We're we're mature players we're certainly not you know number one in the world or anything um but we have we, uh, almost in some cases uh, uh, close close to a decade of experience uh per person um mm-hmm. so you know we, we, we we've played a few games i guess is the easiest way to say it um and starting off when i first started playing infinity i would i read the forums voraciously i was a huge lurker i read everything that everybody ever wrote about nomads and I took everything to heart, and I was like, "Oh, I'm doing Nomads all wrong. I gotta, I gotta play this unit because this guy said it was good, and it wasn't working for me, and I didn't get it." And then, um, you know, and then, and there's also a tendency to like sort of ignore uh, ignore advice coming from other other people. You're like, "No, this is the way I want to do it. I'm gonna play it this way." Um, so, I mean, I almost quit the game when I started, uh, and part of that was because I refused to listen to advice from other people. Um, and basically, what happened was I was playing uh, Corregidor at 150 points repetitively and I was playing uh, Caledonia and basically that linked volunteer HMG is affordable at 150 points and it will shoot everything you own off the table. Uh, and this was back in <laughs> N2 where um, surprise shot was not a minus three surprise shot meant I get to do a thing. You, uh, if you pass your arm save, then you get to respond. Right. It was not, Whoa, yeah, dude. so it was just like, so Quixia would walk into my back line, split burst five ways and kill a whole link, and that was it, right? Uh, so, Ouch. yeah, I mean, it, was, it was just like, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was awful. Uh, and then I almost, I almost, I almost quit after that. And finally... Um, Glad that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and, and, and finally, um, you know, my, my regular sparring partner was like, you should just buy this box of zeros like the, the, whatever box had the zero and maybe it was the bakunin starter 
or the Nomad Starter or whatever yeah. it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I bought one and I was like, oh my God, I have a midfield presence? Because I refused to buy the Morans because they were fugly. Now now I see them as sexy Flanders and I'm all over it. Um, but, you know, it was, just, it was just like trying something new, getting out of your rut, um, understanding that, you know, sometimes you just need to have a different perspective on things. Like I said, we said at the very beginning, it's all about context. You know, try try something yeah. new. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll learn something, and uh, you know, swap armies with your opponent. Like whatever it takes. Um, like it's yeah. like if you understand that everybody's playing a different game than you are, try to find that game, right? Try to get try to get a glimpse of it just to really develop as a player. Right. Yeah. Well. For sure. Yeah. No, I think that was. I think I think we about covered the 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 meta of the internet. Um, and the great thing is, that I feel like it's, but I feel like it's information that's actually transferable between all the different games, or be, sure. between most games. You know, um, I know in 40k there was definitely a strong internet meta back when we played that, um, and it was probably a little bit more right in some cases due to the the lower amount of flexibility mm-hmm. the individual units have in 40k. Um, you know, like back then, like pyrovores were bad, and they were bad, and they're you could try really hard to make them still bad. Um, and they were they were just a, a ultimately kind of a, a poorly designed and implemented unit in the rules back then. You know, people would do like a weird little gimmick to maybe get them to work in one, you know, one in four games. Um, but it led to a lot of kind of internet sameness, and I feel like that's possible really within infinity as well. Like if everyone says you take this army, you build it this way and yeah. everyone on the internet starts listening to that, they're all going to you know be the same. And then what happens is here comes a new army and people are taking that and then they're making lists of this based on the meta as it exists. And now that army appears overpowered because everyone else is playing something else mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think, I think the, the 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 way to sum this up, and I feel like it's you know it's it's almost um, obvi- you know hopefully obvious for a lot of people, but it's like if you're a newer player, go to the internet, but expect an internet response. Um, and it's really going to take a lot of your own personal development and game time and and practice to really understand how a unit is going to be effective in Infinity or not. Yeah. Um, and if, if it is not effective in your hands, it does not mean that you are a bad player. It does not mean that the unit is bad. But it does mean that that unit may not be, um, may not match your play style as well, may not match, uh, may not do well against the particular opponents you're putting it up against. They're like You could be using, you know, the uh, a hammer to try to drive in the screw, right? Mm-hmm, right. Um, so there's, there's, lots of, there's lots of different ways to measure a unit successfulness, and I think um, as long as you're approaching it with an open mind, and maybe you're realizing the problem could be you, then, <laughs> then, <laughs> or Never. or outside of you, um, that you'll be in much better shape than kind of adhering to everything that the uh, the, the folks on the internet tell you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I guess the way I would sum it up is, um, you know, uh, I. I as a runner, right? Like if you, if you run competitively, you're running against your own best time. Right. I, in, in the race, mm. in the race itself, like, sure, you can try to pass the person in front of you or whatever, 
but you, at the end of the day, you know, you track development by, you know, beating your own personal record. Um, and that's sort of what I would encourage people to do with Infinity as well, right? Like watch your development not by who you beat, mm-hmm. but how how you've grown. And part of that is, you know, keeping track of that development, however you choose to do so, right? Comlag has some great options for that. Um, but just like keeping a, like a, sure. some notes mentally or physically on paper or electronically, just like, you know, what have, what, what have I done? What have I tried? What's new? And if you ever feel like you're in a rut, right, try something different. Pick, pick a unit yeah. you'll never, you've never used before or do something crazy, right? Like the, the, the Spanish always over-infiltrate. Over try that if you've never done it before. What's the worst that could happen? You lose the game, <laughs> you know, you're not dead. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Try again. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm so afraid of, of people over infiltrating more. <laughs> I need to play more Murph. That's funny. <laughs> I was just thinking, it's funny, you think about Shlazvasti as being this infiltrating army. Yeah. And there's only two units that infiltrate. It's it's only the Shroud and the Malignos. Sea soldiers. They have four deployment. Uh, same thing. Ish. Like yeah, same thing, but I can't I can't deploy over the center line. True, true. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we wrap this up, um, I want to open it up and see if there's any people out here that have any questions in our live chat right now. Uh, hello, Isaac, and yeah, no, Jordan over infiltrating those grunts is <laughs> a problem. Um, yeah, for sure. He somehow seems to. He some Jordan makes an inordinate amount of over infiltration rolls and paramedic rolls. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. He's playing with code one paramedics in N three, I think. Yeah, and armor saves. He makes a lot of unrealistic armor saves. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, looks like we don't have any uh, questions tonight, which is totally fine. I want to put a uh, special shout out. Thanks to the our. What do you got going on there, Peter? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you what's gonna be coming for you. Oh no, is it Yadu? <laughs> Maybe. Uh oh. Uh oh. No. Oh yeah. Those are looking good, dude. Those are looking great. <laughs> yeah, Peter's showing us. So is that a Rudra Gumbot and some Yadu? Yeah. Oh yeah. Gross. Oh man, I love, Gross. I love the purple. You did a great job. <laughs> My you're, thanks to my, my my friends in Poland. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to give a, a shout out and a thanks to our Patreon uh, subscribers. We're up to a whole three of them. Thank you, Obadiah, uh, Pete Setchel, and now Adam von Steinberg. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's <laughs> pretty oh, awesome. Yeah. We appreciate the support. All right. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Have a wonderful evening. Take care. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yeah. A pleasure, Peter. Of course. Thank you, Peter. All right. Have a good night, everyone.